Welcome to Grape Top Church. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and today we are starting a new series called Fulfilled. In this whole month, we're going to be looking at different people of the Bible and the ways in which they fulfilled their calling and all the different trials along the way. Today, specifically, our title is Try Again. And in this message today, we're going to learn about how there are many times when people finally take the courageous step uh, and plunge into their calling only to have it go terribly wrong. And sometimes that great calling is only fulfilled through relentless tenacity. And really what we're going to be talking about today is the life of Moses. And we're going to look at his story and how he made the courageous decision to step out in efforts to make a difference only for it to go horribly wrong. And we're going to talk about how to find the motivation to try again, even though everything, uh, even though everything went bad and you lost your passion. And we're going to unpack being steadfast and finding your try again moments while enduring, while enduring even harsh criticism. See, the reason that this topic is so important to talk about is because. So many people imagine that if they were really called, that it would be smoother, it would be easier, and they end up doubting their own purpose, they end up doubting their qualifications because of how it didn't go according to plan. And there's just simply too many callings that have been left, uh, that have been left unfulfilled because of this kind of disappointment and confusion. And we all have to try again sometimes, even if... That uh, that first try was a really really big uh, a really really big bummer. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is what's the worst that could happen. You ever ask yourself that uh, right before you're about to do you finally getting the courage to do it? And the truth is, can I want you to ask yourself, can you really fulfill your life's purpose on the first try? I mean, to think about a, a life purpose, like a really big purpose in your life, do you really think that you are going to fulfill it your first try? And so many of us have these different ambitions and dreams deep within inside of our souls. And we feel a, a calling of some sort. We feel this drive and we often struggle most of our lives uncovering what it could be over years and years. And when we finally feel like we know what we're supposed to do, the light bulb goes off. We, we then struggle with whether or not we should take the risk and pursue it. And we, we battle with that and we spend so much time picking apart every little anxious thought of what if. And while we're still trying to map out what it could actually look like for us in our lives if we were to follow through with it. And you may even tell yourself at some points, what's the worst that could happen? That's the question that you ask to be able to push you to the final step. And then when you finally put yourself out there, for many people problems that they never even anticipated arise and everything seems to go terribly, terribly wrong. I want to read from Exodus chapter 2 verse 10 through 15. It says, later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses. For she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, the, the theologians believe that he was about 40 years old, 
He went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were being forced to work. And during his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure that no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to his to, to the one who started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you did that killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Egypt and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside well. See, for Moses, it took him a lifetime. It took him until he was 40 years old before he felt ready to tap into his calling. We don't necessarily know when he officially knew that he wasn't an Egyptian, but I'm sure it was when he was pretty young, when when the moment where he realized that he didn't look like all the other boys and girls. And he worked up the courage at 40 years old. That means that What I believe is that there was a part of him that was eating him up for years and years and years, knowing that he was a Hebrew, seeing the the continual and growing oppression of where he, his fellow Hebrews, but not not at all suffering like they were suffering. And I bet that that kept driving and driving deep into his soul, and he had this moment where he, he he taps into his calling and think for a second that. He had it made in the palace. That no, that he was not just uh, in a normal home. That he was in the palace. That when the Pharaoh set out to kill him, that was his what, his father-in-law or his stepdad that was going to kill him. Consider the emotional ties and and the the barriers he had to overcome to just do what he did. And then in the moment where his own stepdad, who, who pretty much was there, uh, his uh, step grandfather was there raising him, help raising him throughout his lifetime, is now going to kill him. And all the while, Moses had nothing to gain. He didn't have anything to necessarily gain by putting himself out there like he did. Why would he do that? He wasn't going to get money for it. He wasn't going to get a promotion. He wasn't. He was already in the palace. People would t- listen to him and do what uh, what he would tell them to do. He was in Pharaoh's household. He had nothing to gain. But why would he do that? Because he felt this calling that would turn into a burden on his heart. And that's really what a calling is: is a burden on your heart for some type of change. And There was a burning calling deep in his heart that needed to be fulfilled. And I imagine that after it took him years of putting it off, not willing to risk where he was in life, no matter how much he was trying to put off that calling, here we are, 40 years old, it beckoned and called him all of this time, yearning for him to fulfill that calling deep within his heart. And I think that the most shocking part about finally taking your first steps into your your purpose and your calling is how incredibly unsafe it feels. (laughs) Like it just feels unsafe. It feels like uncharted waters. And at first you almost imagine in this this like fantastical way that it will just like work out that it's your destiny and that everything will almost like bend into the right place that you're just this this puzzle piece 
fitting in to complete this puzzle. And you, you think that will happen seamlessly. And even though that, that's the way we imagine it to be, like this beautiful story, it usually, that fantastical short story gets shattered when it seems like nothing went according to plan. And it can cause you to doubt almost everything about your life. It'll make you doubt what you believe in, what you believed about your calling, about your purpose. It could even make you doubt what you believe about God because you you have this, it's weird, like this calling is a spiritual feeling deep within your soul. And so when it's not fulfilled, when things don't work out, it makes you question your creator because you think, why do I have this burden on my heart if it's not going to work out? And, but when you take a step back into reality, when you just get out of those emotions for a minute, you can assess that this kind of purpose, a purpose this big, that it could take more than one try to fulfill. Just logically consider that perhaps it's just so big, it is so grand, that it's not just this ordinary little uh, job. You're not just getting a job at Denny's. No offense to anyone that works at Denny's, but that you are fulfilling a yearning of your soul. Could it be that it just may take more than one attempt to, to break through. That leads us into our next point, which is I'll never try that again. And how many attempts are you willing to give your calling? Have you considered asking a question like that to yourself? How many attempts are you willing to give your calling? The only thing more challenging than taking your first step into your calling is taking your step in, your second step back into your calling and after being knocked down so hard. It's so incredibly difficult to muster up the courage, the motivation, the passion like you had before again for a second time. And for many people, getting knocked down once is enough to not ever try that again. For Moses, it was years and years in, in which he put that calling down and said, I'm done. I'm never going back there again. I should have never done that. And he just starts this new life. And it was in Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 through 11, where this happens. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God, where the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I'm must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground, and I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, Let's jump down just a couple more verses. Verses 9 through 11 says this. God, he has this dialogue, this exchange back and forth with Moses. And then it says this. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? See, this story is so, is so interesting because for Moses, 
God himself had to speak to him about trying again. He already done did that, but it, he, was, he was so discouraged that God himself had to speak to him in this way. And even then, Moses didn't want to. God is literally saying, I've called you to do this. Go. And Moses says, no, who am I to do that? I can't do that. No way. I already tried. I'm not going to do it again. And even after all of those years, he still felt defeated. He still felt unqualified to answer this calling deep within his heart. And just as the bush was burning without being consumed, I believe that so was this calling burning in Moses' heart. God showed Moses that where he was standing was special. When he said, you're staying on holy ground, he was, it's symbolic to the calling he was afraid of was still waiting for him. And I think that Moses, for him, he had painted himself with the, the projections, with the words that others had spoken over him. Remember the last thing that was spoken to Moses when he tried to tap into his calling? Who are you to be the judge? Who are you to be the one? And, and, and now he has adopted that imposter syndrome to where it's his response to God, that deep within his heart, he's believed this this imposter lie that he's this imposter that he's not the person for the job that he was just faking it and he's believed this this imposter syndrome over himself to the to his core and he believed that he was never the right person for the job and it took this this a level of humility of simply knowing that he was called as we follow Moses' story he had to come to this the sheer realization that regardless of how he saw himself, that this burden deep within his heart to see a difference made for what he cared about, he had to know that to be true regardless of how he thought of himself. And for you, I think that what we're speaking to is just because you run into a brick wall your first try does not mean that you're this imposter. It does not mean that you made this giant mistake and that you were never really, that none of it was real. The truth is, it just may be a lot harder than you initially anticipated. That leads us to our last point, which is, am I really supposed to do this? I think that if you were to embark on this journey of tapping into your calling, taking your first steps into fulfilling your, your grand purpose per se, that you have to remember why you're started in the first place. The hardest part, see, stepping into your calling again is stepping into this unknown while knowing that it's going to take more than you want to give. You already stepped a little bit, it's like, this is too much. And it's still all this unknown, this, this empty space, not knowing what's out there if you were to try again. But now you already know just from that first step that it's going to be hard, uh, it's going to take more than you really want to give. And with every step into it, you find opposition. You find criticism from people against you and people who are supposed to be with you. And it's easy to feel smothered or like you're drowning when it seems like you're getting attacked from all sides. That is in the moment where we have the biggest questions. Why am I really doing this? Should I? Is this what I'm supposed to do? For Moses, this is what it looked like for him. He finally agrees to God. He goes back out and he says, okay, I'm going to fulfill this calling. I'm going to step back into it. I'm going to try again. And in Exodus chapter 5, verse 20 through 23, it says, As they left Pharaoh's court, 
Pharaoh pretty much responded to Moses's initial request by increasing the burdens on the people. And they, the, as the foreman left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron, who were waiting outside for them. The foreman said to them, May the Lord judge you and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands and an excuse to kill us. Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, Why have you brought all of this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people, and you have done nothing to rescue them. See, in this moment for Moses, it seemed like the more that he was trying, the more everything was falling apart. And it's in these moments where it seems like intense opposition to where not even the people you're fighting for are appreciative of what you're doing that you have to remember why you're starting in the first place why you started in the first place you have to really know the reason deep within your heart because it has to be something bigger than yourself and for Moses, it was freedom for his people. And what is it for you? Is it for your family? Is it because, you, or is it because you see something within your community? It's something within your people that you know that there needs to be a change made, and you feel this burden on your heart. See, he had to believe that this reason was greater than the opposition with every step forward that he made, because every step forward seemed like more and more opposition, and he had to remember why he started in the first place, and he still had his moments he still had his those moments of feeling confused and frustrated and even angry towards the situation towards God and these moments where he was just felt broken as he was trying to be strong but he held on to this faith and hope that he was doing something that was real that he was doing something that truly mattered that he was really as as hard as it was really believed that this was a calling for his life. And he endured because he took out his plan B. He took the the first time his plan B, run away, get out of Dodge, they're gonna kill me. This time he went back in and there's no plan B. This is gonna this is gonna either work or it's gonna kill me. And for him, th- this is the the end all. This just has to work even if it's going to kill him. And I think that the moment that we decide to have this kind of relentless tenacity, that it's going to either work or kill me, that it's the moment that we really begin to break down what we're trying to overcome. That's when the walls really start to to fracture and crumble of what's in front of us. And the journey is so different and more exasperating than we thought it would be. But the satisfaction that comes from your calling being fulfilled is incomparable to any other feeling. It's that fulfillment that we're chasing and fulfilling that calling, that, that relief, that peace, that fulfilled calling is, is why we we're chasing after even through the opposition, even through the criticism. And for you today, maybe you feel that this is exactly what you needed to hear and, and that you need to try again at your calling. Or maybe you realize that you need to remember why you started in the first place. You, you feel like it just got confusing and difficult. No matter what it is, God is the author of your faith. And he, and he put that burden for change inside of your heart. And if you're here today, 
And maybe you're realizing that the biggest risk that you've been afraid of taking is that of putting your trust in Jesus. And you realize that you want to take that leap of faith today by making him the Lord of your life, the Savior to your soul. All it takes to do that is a conversation with him. For any of these things, it takes a conversation. But if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Savior of your soul, the Bible says in the book of Romans, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is if you have a genuine heart and talk to him yourself, that that's all it takes to start this journey with him. Whether it's starting your calling or whether it's starting this relationship with your creator, all it takes is a genuine conversation. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can talk to him yourself. So if that's you here today, I really encourage you to have that conversation now. All that being said, I'm so grateful for you guys being a part of our online service today. If Gravetop Church has made an impact in your life and you want to help us to continue to make an impact in other people's lives, you can do that by donating to our church by going to gravetopchurch.com and click the donate tab. You can also give through Venmo or Cash App. And we want you to know that when you donate, we never want anyone to feel pressured or persuaded to give when they don't want to. It's something to be done out of your own heart. It's between you and God. In fact, the Bible even says that God loves a cheerful giver, so do not give out of compulsion. But when you do give, you truly make a difference for our church and you help us to be able to reach people just like we were able to reach you. And when you do, it's a simple act of worship. That act of generosity is a connection between you and God. And I believe that the more that we give, the more our hearts become more formed like God's and the fact that he first gave to us. Uh, until next time, have a great life.